Hey everybody, welcome back to the Savage Land. It's been like, I don't know how many days, it's a few days from Thursday to Tuesday, you can do the math yourself. It's been that many days since you last heard from us. And today we got a doozy. We will be talking about the superior foes of Spider-Man. That's right, myself, Matt, and Rachel. Oh, but we didn't stop there. We brought in a couple of ringers, a couple of experts on all things web crawler. Is it web web crawler? Wall wall crawler. Google's the web crawler. Spider-Man's the wall crawler. The web slinging wall, wall crawler, as they call him. The friendly neighborhood web slinging wall crawler himself. That's a tongue twister. We brought in a couple of experts. So you'll hear my voice, Matt's voice, Rachel's voice, as always. But those two extra voices, just in case you aren't caught up, are the voices of Mr. Scott Corelli and Mr. Zachary Luna. You can check out Spider-Man Minute their brand new podcast on iTunes and anywhere else podcasts are sold for free. Is that still a sale? That's still a sale. We'll call it a sale. Uh, But you know what? I'm done here. I'm going to bow out and just let Matt take it away. So I, 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 uh, like, it feels like months ago. It probably was months ago. It was months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Suggested for, uh, for us all to read Superior Foes of Spider-Man and to do Uh ourselves a little review on it. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Uh, in a nu- in a nutshell, Superior Foes is basically taking all the B and C list villains that have shown up throughout Spider Man's career and Punisher and Daredevils and all those kind of stuff and just slapping them all together in a wacky crime caper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and we yeah. also I just just to add on since we're sort of sticking with our our new uh, uh, trajectory here, we wanted to use this series as kind of a way to uh, examine what. What makes uh, comedy work in comic books as opposed to you know film and television mm-hmm. since it is such a, a different medium? Um, sure. But yeah, let's let's talk about this uh, this this story of of the Sinister Six. Yeah, when there's only really five of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's what the, that's where the mystery comes in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because the sixth one could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it could be anybody. <laughs> Who knows who's gonna pop up? Uh, well, this well, is I genuinely love this. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to yeah. to, to check out. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't. If you were talking specifically in terms of like what what makes comedy work in this medium versus other ones, one thing I really liked about this one because I haven't read a lot of like uh, mainstream comics month to month in quite a quite a while since I was young. Um, and one thing that seemed I don't know. This is like a technique a lot of people use these days. But one of the things I loved about the way that they would set up like character introductions or. Um, uh, information from previous issues or things like that uh, in this was just through these like these lovely little like um, bubbles of information or like arrows sliding in from the edge of the frame, being like, "Hey kids, look, it's Hydro Man." Things like yeah, that. Totally. Like, <laughs> I I loved this sort of playful tone that they would that they would hit. Where that's a kind of thing that doesn't. I mean, unless you're like getting really stylistically formal about it like an Edgar Wright movie or something like that that yeah. wouldn't work in film or television it was just totally. like yeah because yeah, yeah. I think I think that comes from Scott Pilgrim um, yeah that, that yeah. comic it comes from Brian Lee O'Malley Brian like, Lee O'Malley after, yeah. after Brian Lee O'Malley did Scott Pilgrim there mm-hmm. was like a beat and then people started re- ripping them ripping them off wholesale as far <laughs> as like totally yeah like his style <laughs> and like the way that he told the story um, yeah. You would see stuff like that popping up a lot. Uh, this mm-hmm. is also really inspired by uh, Fraction and Aja's Hawkeye run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that this is like, there's that little period with Fraction Haw- Fraction's Hawkeye, and then um, there was that Hawkeye, versus, Hawkeye and Deadpool team up. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was right. kind of in that same zone. There was this like little zone of Marvel where we were getting some of these that were just gold and they uh, they seem to have gone off the waypoint at, by at right now but Yeah, this it's really charming. Uh, the new yeah. the new Hawkeye's really good. The uh, that one's over Kate. now, though. Or oh wait, no, the Kate the Bishop Kate, one. No, yeah. no, the Kate Hawkeye. That yeah. one is good. The, yeah. yeah, I like yeah. that. One. Yeah, yeah, that that one. I think that one's really good. And I feel like there's another comedy book they're doing too that's legit good. There's a bunch that like I'm not crazy about because I think they're a little, um, a little too YA for me. I think yeah, like Squirrel Girl and. Yeah, yeah. There was like there was like a bunch dinosaur. that felt like I I feel like like I was reading it. and I was like. I think this is for someone else and not yeah. for me, and that's fine. It, <laughs> yeah, it's no, that's, okay yeah, that it good. exists. Yeah, and 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 but I don't think I need to read this. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Howard the Duck. That's another one that was. Uh, that one was so uh, good. Yeah, that one was. That one was really good. That one took me a while for to me to warm up to it. It wasn't until the introduced introduction of the their female counterparts, the uh, the oh. duck lady and the and the raccoon lady. Like, yeah. That those that arc with those two characters like broke my broke my heart in two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. But uh, yeah, Superior Foe is like I, you know I would kind of describe it as like kiss kiss bang bang. Yeah. By 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 you know through like the the lens of like B list supervillains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like more like C list though, because like we don't even get to see like the scorpion in this. No, totally. Right? Like, <laughs> that's true. C list. <laughs> I mean, I, I would. I, Shocker might be the only B list. Yeah, like there. big yeah. hair that we have. But when that's yeah. your when that's your A list guy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that totally tells you a lot about so. the team. <laughs> Um, but I, I, yeah, I love this too. I think, you know, when you're talking about what makes comedy work, I think one of the things that I, I love, and I'm not sure who created this storytelling device in comics. It might've hmm. been, um, it might've been, um, Dave Mateus, uh, during like the justice league international run oh, back so in the eighties, so um, which is, which is great. Like one of the first like surprisingly funny comics, um, where yeah. you're like reading a comic you don't expect to be funny, and then it actually is really funny. Especially, uh, yeah, but, with with that series, it started off as a regular Justice League series, and then after like six or seven issues, all of a sudden Giffen and Dematias were just like given the room to just be like, "No, this is a comedy series. Screw it." Martian Manhunter yeah. is is addicted to cookies, right? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I can't remember if they ever did this uh this thing but i first noticed it in bendis's books which is yeah. Yeah. the 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 thing where you have uh you create comic timing by yep. having blank panels yeah of, yes yep. yeah. of like a character just staring at another character in order to like shots. build comic timing yeah. yeah in order to build comic timing where you'll have three panels that are exactly the same where it's like one character says something, no one says anything in the second panel, and then the other character has like the punchline in the third panel. Yeah. And it's so much funnier than if that blank panel wasn't there. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's and, like there, uh, there, there's that uh, there's that invincible in the invincible comic. There's that like joke in there where you go to meet the comic guy, yeah, and it's and it's the same panel three times, and then the same panel three times. He's like, "Don't you think it's lazy when people just reuse the same art over and over again?" <laughs> yeah. Like, nah. yeah, three panels and then just a simple no. 
<laughs> like, right. No. <laughs> it's sad. And there, there's a great video on YouTube. I'll probably throw the link in the uh, in the show notes that um, kind of takes us apart with um, four kids walk into a bank. It talks about sort of that comic timing and splitting things out and like adding more panels or compressing things and kind of twisting the yeah, like you're saying, the comic timing of something to make it sort of mm-hmm. more impactful or add more surprise or whatever to kind of like well, build. Yeah, the other. Yeah. The other thing I think that works so well with when we're specifically just talking about visuals is mm-hmm. is you know going is they it, I, I see a lot of kind of going back to the in my opinion the master of comedic timing Gary Larson where it's mm-hmm. the moment it's the moment before or or uh, you know it's the anticipation you don't actually see the, the what's funny in it you see what potentially will be funny you get to fill in that blank which is probably uh-huh. going to be funnier than if you're just looking at somebody's yeah. picture of it yeah the, squ- the sort of scott mcleod approach to like exactly you're, you're filling in in the in the in between the panel is where the most interesting things happen yeah yes right yes yeah. right and, yeah. the, and the use of page turns are really important because you can yes. you can put a punchline on a page turn that it is as surprising as you know, like a shock, like a like a big reveal or yeah. something. And you use that page turn as like the punchline. And if it's an unexpected enough, like it'll make you laugh. Absolutely, you know? yeah. There was so an example in uh, in volume one of Superior Foes. I think it's like issue three or four, uh, uh-huh. where Shocker and Boomerang have kind of like. Uh, talked and and boomerang like shocker tells boomerang that he knows uh and spoilers for the book um he knows <laughs> about uh boomerang's encounter with the punisher actually being changeling and so they kind of uh, chameleon or, sorry chameleon i'm too used to dc yeah. um oh, that's fine <laughs> uh, and so they're talking on the roof they have this heart-to-heart moment where boomerang is telling shocker that like you know he's you know, they're, they're best friends, and he's really glad Shocker's on the team. Then you have two pages of Boomerang just going and talking to this girl, getting her to go out on a date, and then he's just, like, casually wheeling a car off the edge of a dock and, like, taking care <laughs> yeah. of things, and he just looks really yeah. happy. And then you turn the page, <laughs> and the last page of the issue is a cutaway <laughs> to the trunk of the car that's just been pushed into the lake where Shocker is tied up in the trunk. Right, right. Yeah. And, and the dialogue he has while pushing the car is about how, how good he feels about being pals with his team again. Or yeah, something. totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I like, or even in, in, in like, I, I remembered, because uh, we were talking about that, like, that blank panel approach, um, in that encounter that they do have with the Punisher, but the Punisher is actually the chameleon, uh, mm-hmm. there's a bit where the... the the joke you're expecting is, oh, the Punisher's here, everybody, like, gets out of Dodge. Everybody runs away, you know, as quick as they can. So, like, you know, Beetle flies up through the ceiling, you know, Shocker goes and hides or whatever. But there's a bit uh, with Speed Demon oh, where yeah. <laughs> you, you see him standing next to the food. In the next panel, he is gone, you know, that, like, like Roadrunner type, pew, yeah. he's gone. And then there's, like, two blank panels with the food and then there's him coming back and grabbing like the doggy bag because they were having <laughs> yeah. a really good dinner and then he vanishes again <laughs> <laughs> just the, like those two blank and then it's there he is pew, it's gone. so it's, good yeah because like everyone else just has so just fun. like one sort of like big panel of them like breaking out it's you know beetle flying up shocker flying through and then just him and like yeah. all these different momentary panels it's so good yeah yeah or they'll they'll go back to that well like occasionally which is a common issue you have, like, when you're designing or writing around uh, speedster characters where, like, they could solve things fairly easily if they needed to. And in, in this book, time and again, there will be, like, a tricky spot people get into and they look around 
and Speed Demon is just gone. And so then, yeah. like, the, it'll just continue onward, and then there'll be, like, a cutaway to him, like, getting takeout somewhere. Or, yeah, yeah. like, just hanging out at home, like, because he has no no business of being there. And, hey, I could get away. Okay. Yeah. Or, like, like when, the mobsters, when the mobsters show up, and he just, like, grabs the head and runs it over to him of uh, Silverman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the quadruple uh betrayal what do you call that like the quadruple double cross yeah something the, like that, that they're the, all pulling right. on yeah the quintuple cross yeah <laughs> the quintuple cross yeah it's, um, i just, it's just i love that yeah. they never became a team like totally that's my <laughs> yes. favorite part of the book is like <laughs> is that they're they're it's 17 it's a 17 issue long team book about a team that never becomes never, a team. yeah totally <laughs> 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 that is kind of the ultimate punchline of it just like the fact that it, it is you th- like it's this team building book that never, yeah. never sees itself to completion yeah yeah and um, never coalesces into it. yeah <laughs> i think so go ahead to to kind of touch on one thing that i that kind of uh, that i have of, of this book that is more of a criticism um i don't <laughs> know if this book lends itself to the collected format um I think hmm. that, like, with a lot of modern comics, the storytelling is a little decompressed, and they're always building on this bigger narrative, and things, you know, every issue yeah. builds into the next and all that. And this comic does do a lot of those things. Um, yeah. I do, however, feel like this comic's best format is, you know, in, in a periodical format where you're reading one issue at a time, whether mm-hmm. it be weekly or daily or whatever. Uh, oh, interesting. I think that because, and, and Rachel and I were talking about this a little bit, uh, Nick Spencer uses a lot of dialogue in, in yeah. this book. There are a lot of speech balloons, thought balloons, you know, like it, 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 every issue is pretty dense in terms of the amount of reading you're actually doing versus, you know, just sort of visual, uh, information taking it in. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that because of that, if you binge all of the issues at once, if you're trying to just like read through the entire series, that it might get a little exhausting sometimes, or some of the jokes might just not quite hit as hard only because you know you've just read through five of these issues and they're all packed really tight uh yeah you know that it kind of wears on you i mean rachel i don't know i know you had some complaints about the dialogue but do you kind of feel the same way or what's your take Um, on it yeah i i feel the same definitely i binge read it and it was pretty soul sucking (laughs) (laughs) I but can, I, but it is it is really funny. I really really enjoyed it, which uh-huh. kind of you know made me a little disappointed that I'm just like, oh my god, it's so funny, and I like it, but I want to die at the same time. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've I've been there. I've 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 I, you know I read this in in issues, um, so mm-hmm. I I don't know the experience of binging it, but I I do know the experience of binging Bendis books, and oh, as much as I yeah. love. Yeah. Bendis, like, yeah. uh, you know, you get, like, I'll be, I was reading his Daredevil run, which I did not read in issues. I read it after the fact. And, like, yeah. you'll turn a page and just, like, go, oh, God damn it, Bendis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. yeah. Because, yeah. because exactly. and you know that it's going to be good. Like, you yeah. know that it's going to be a good read, but you're just like, fucking, just calm down. Like, please. <laughs> Why do you have so much to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. Be- because exactly. there's a lot of dialogue, but there's also a lot going on in the art, which which does mm-hmm. add to it. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. does all work very well. It's just a it's lot. Exhausting, it sure. yeah. Yeah, it's exhausting for sure. It's exhausting. And I, cause I read it in issues. Okay. I read it in issues first too. Uh-huh. And it was the same thing where I was like issue by issue. And this is super great. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, it's comedy fatigue. It's, it's like, sure. The, two nights ago, I watched three or four of the new mystery science theater movies. And like, 
Oof, for yeah. about an hour and a half or two hours, like I'm, it's pretty great. And then after yeah. a while, I'm like, okay, a these movies fucking suck. Yeah, B, like <laughs> these jokes just aren't hitting. But I'm just so burnt out on this yeah. format that I like, I got it. I, I, yeah, I know they're funny, and I know I would probably laugh if this was fresh. But I'm just, it's, yeah. I'm just getting way too burned out. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And like, I mean, to, mystery to, science theater. You're you're crazy for doing more than one, more than um, one in a session <laughs> yeah, at a time. Like that's that's, I used, that's insane. I used to watch one every night. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, well, totally I, fine. Uh, I, that's I think yeah, that's yeah. that's but that's to do two in a row. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ugh. it was I. It was I watched Avalanche and that was really funny. And then I watched Avalanche was good. And then I watched the one after Avalanche, The Beast from Hollow Mountain, and that was actually super funny. That was really good. And then, and then it was Star and then, Crash. And then it was Star Crash, and I was like, why, why, why is this happening in my life right and now? It, and it was yeah. the worst moment of my this, life. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> this is hurting me. This is hurting me in my soul. Yeah. No, I get, I get that, and I, I, I um. When when I read this, because a this was the first time I'd read a comic like in a digital format. I read it on Marvel Unlimited, and uh, I I was like, yeah, I'll just sit down. I looked at how long it was. I was like, yeah, it's like it's a, a big amount of issues, but I can just like sit down and go through this. And I hit a wall like halfway through where I was like, this <laughs> yes. is a lot. This is a lot. I'm liking it, but I'm gonna hate it if I keep going. Yep. So I was like, I'll go to bed. I'll you know I'll I've, I have more time tomorrow. I'll go check it out tomorrow. And then like the the experience of finishing up was a lot of fun, but I. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's the best way around that because it's not as if the storytelling itself is at, is at fault for the way it's presented after the fact. Like if no. if you are reading it issue to issue, this is like probably the, the right density of like jokes and material and mm-hmm. amount of stuff in the frame to be contending with. But like if you're if you're sitting down like you know, oh, this podcast is talking about this this week. I guess this weekend I'll sit down and read it. You know, in one session, you're going to be hurting. Uh, yeah. yeah. After a while, I mean, yeah. a comic writer's job. I mean, as, assuming that they're writing at the big two. Yeah. Yeah. Your your job is to write monthly comics. Your job is not yeah. to write graphic novels. So when Bendis writes for a trade, mm-hmm. I'd say that's a problem with Bendis's writing. Oh, okay. Um, you yeah. know, like I I I don't I I think that that's. One of my problems with him is that, like, I loved Bendis, and then yeah. I slowly started losing respect for him as mm. I was reading monthly comics because I was like, "Your issues aren't satisfying at no. all." Well, and like, right. at all, my like, problem... I read one of his issues in like five minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I have, I have like a twofold problem with Bendis's writing because with his writing uh-huh. in the monthly comics, the story is not satisfying. But then with his, with his writing in the trades. The dialogue gets exhaustive because he does his Bendis speak, which we've talked about on the mm-hmm. show a lot, where mm. characters keep, like, to make the dialogue sound more naturalistic or whatever, characters keep, like, repeating and going back to things and, like, mm. like there's, there's... Stumbling. Yeah, like, somebody mm-hmm. made a, um, a little, like, breakdown of some of his Old Man Logan pages uh, mm. and basically, like, f- from, from the Secret Wars Old Man Logan that, that he wrote... Um, Oh mm-hmm. right, right, right! And I basically made that. the character, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, made yeah. the characters talk about Bendis himself in Bendis speak, <laughs> and so they oh, were who? all like, "Who? Jason? Who? Uh, Bendis? Who? The comic book writer? Yeah, he he writes comic books. Oh, the but Brian Michael Bendis, the comic book writer. Yeah, yeah. Bendis. He so he writes comic books and he gets paid uh, to deliver scripts for for comic oh, books. Uh, okay, the guy, he works. He 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 writes he writes comic books though yeah what is so, happening so it's this, we're, just, we're doing an example of bendis speak 
<laughs> that's just that's, that's just a running uh, joke. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's is, a running joke that we keep going back to because that's yeah. how Bendis writes his characters, where they'll just talk about something and then exhaust it to death mm. over the course of a page, just by the characters right. like going back and forth about the same exact thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it creates that's these huge crazy. walls of text that are just exhausting to read in a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because like my only exposure to Bendis, I didn't read any of his other series other than my favorite series I ever read, which was Ultimate Spider-Man. Like that, that was like great the, the comic that I loved. And I lo- and like uh, there was something about the the pacing of that because especially because I did, when I was younger I didn't have access to comic book shops where I could get like monthlies. I didn't understand subscriptions and things like that, so I would just wait for the trades to come and then like you know. Every, like months and months later, oh, here's a new trade I can read, and they felt paced like, like a little chapter book or, or something yeah. along those lines. Like yeah, that, sure. that each one mm-hmm. was its own self-contained story, and that was like my introduction to a style of comic book writing that I actually responded to. So it's mm-hmm. funny to think about like if he if he nailed it, you know, quote unquote, with you know his big hit comic book, his like biggest thing he ever did, and then just like immediately assume that that was would apply in any other scenario. I, I, I can see where those issues would crop up, but it's so funny, like, the idea of Bendis speak or the decompression pacing being, like, an issue that you find in other things when that was, like, the main thing that drew me to his series in the first place. Yeah, well, well yeah. Not, to, yeah. not to not to pull us completely into the... into the, When we're supposed to be talking about two other creators. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but I will say... Sorry, Nick and Steve. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say one of the things that drives me crazy about Bendis, and uh-huh. this is... This is a this is a problem for me is because uh-huh. I'm a very technical writer. Like uh-huh. I like to pick things apart, and yeah. I start seeing. <laughs> Don't I, start, I know it? <laughs> yeah, I start seeing uh, uh, patterns, mm. and mm-hmm. um, I used to love Judd Winnick, and then I realized that he starts every issue that he's ever written exactly the same way. <laughs> and when I realized that, I couldn't unsee it, and now I can't read Judd, Judd Winnick books. <laughs> no. um, Although, but, have you read Bendis, Hilo though? His new like all ages uh, children's series. No, I have not. Oh I my god, it's, no, it is no. amazing. I, I I know exactly what your <laughs> criticism is with Judd Winnick, but his his children's series is actually really awesome. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Bendis does this thing where if you if he leads you to a cliffhanger in which something insane is going to happen, where you're like, holy shit. Like, shit is about to go down. This uh-huh. is going to be nope. incredible. Like, how is he even going to get out of this? This is amazing. Left you turn. can guarantee with 100% accuracy that the next issue is going to take place after the thing happened. And it's going to be <laughs> someone talking about what happened. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it drives me up a wall. Yeah. So I, so I so I fought so I've been you, uh, the ultimate universe was sort of mm. off limits for me forever because I was like you know Marvel 616 for life fuck this sure. ultimate universe thing and then <laughs> sure, Jason sure. and Jason and I started doing this and then he was like no you got to read ultimate and I was like I don't know man Spider-Man's my favorite I don't want to like yeah. I don't want to do any other garbage here and then I did I ended up binging Bendis the ultimate run mm-hmm. and like <sighs> A week and a half. <laughs> oh, damn. Like, good gosh. Blew through it. Oh. And, um, and that's, I mean, that's 14 I mean, it, years of comics, by the way. Yeah. That's, that seems to be my modus, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he also binged yeah. through the entirety of Invincible in the last week, too. Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this your job? Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah I know. Matt, <laughs> Matt reads fast. 
Okay, yeah, got it. That's the thing. I just read super fast. Um, <laughs> I read. I mean, yeah, I read the. Uh, I did. I did the superior foes today in the past an hour before we started. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll brag. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, no. Anyway, I'm just uh, just agreeing with you guys. That, like, yeah, yeah. going through it was going through it was awesome. And then you just there's these moments where you're just like, God damn it, Ben. It's just you need to chill out, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, and yeah, you're still writing good stuff, but okay, right. easy tiger. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. but to get so to so to kind of get back to the the focus, we've we've I think we've we've talked sure, about yeah. Bendis enough. Um uh-huh. which Maybe. is fine. Well, I, I was going to okay. I, I was going to drop. So so you know, we we can continue talking about what we liked about Superior Foes, but I think the touching on the comedy thing's fun. And so I was going to ask what Yes. Like of all of, of comics you've read, what what would you put as like top staples of the funniest comics you've ever read other than like other than like the far side because oh. that still makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> Scott, Scott Pilgrim for me is is cream of the crop. Um Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I I don't think I can't think of of many comics that have made me laugh harder. There's only one there's only one thing that I can think of in a comic that made me like actually laugh so hard like I had to put the comic down. Mm. Um and it was actually in a comic you guys referenced earlier. It was in that Hawkeye Deadpool team up. Yes. And, it, yes. and it's that it's the beat when uh when 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 Kate uh, yep. Hawkeye two yep. meets Deadpool and yeah. says, "Oh, that's a great, that's a great Freddy Krueger costume." And he goes, "This is just my face." And she just goes, "Oh!" And then turns and looks at Clint and goes and just makes this face of like, "Oh my god!" I know exactly yeah. the moment you're yep. talking about. And yes. I just died. That, it's one of those. Is... I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in a comic. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't agree more. That 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 was on my list too. Of just like hands down one of the funniest things I've ever read in my entire life. And that whole series was funny, but yeah, yeah. it's just her face. Kate's yeah. face is so good. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so perfect. During the sort of beginning of the Marvel Now phase from like 2011 to like 2015, 2016-ish, uh, Marvel was mm-hmm. publishing some of the most consistently funny books out there. I mean, you had Jerry Duggan and, and um, uh, Brian Posehn's Deadpool, which was consistently mm-hmm. funny but also yes. heartfelt. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You had Fraction and Aha's Hawkeye, uh, which mm-hmm. which had moments like there were moments in Fraction and Aha's Hawkeye that was like really funny comedic timing, but then there were tons of moments where like it was funny because it was in a comic book and it was turning something from a comic book kind of on its head or like. You know, there's right. certain moments where, like, Hawkeye is in... He gets caught in bed naked by a bunch of Russian gangsters. They start shooting at him. He jumps out of bed, and there is a Hawkeye classic Marvel face from the top left of the books just over his dick. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just the little funny moments like that that are just, like, that are so fun in a comic book or, like, the drawn-out sort of moments where, like, in between he, when he fires his uh, arrow... Where like a word just gets strung out in the gutter of like every single moment, um, mm-hmm. that are really funny. Mm-hmm. But I think that probably the funniest comic that I've uh, read in a, in a while uh, is Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. Oh, that was oh, quite I, good. I love Sex Criminals. That that book is, and obviously like there's there's obviously just like the the dick joke, you know, like lowbrow humor of it. Um, but it does take great advantage of facial expressions of like real, you know, kind of the same things that a really good sitcom will, will focus on, which is just like those real moments of like, 
awkward things that happen in life and putting them on display in, in sort of just that perfect way. And the art and the writing has just this, this great fusion where all of the moments are hitting exactly right. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it speaks true and it makes you laugh because you're like, oh shit, like some of this stuff is actually very, very, you know, real and true. And I'm laughing because it's like, I can't laugh at it happening to myself, but then it's funny when it's happening to other people. Um, sure, sure. But just, and just utilizing the comic medium to its maximum to, to sort of explore those things, I think was, was great in that series. Um, and anything that Chip Zdarsky touches has turned into pure gold in my opinion, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for his uh, Spider-Man run. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that. I did not like his Jughead at all. Really, um, I haven't no. read Jughead at all from him. Yeah, I, I I I don't. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't much care for that. Um, are you guys? Let me ask you this: Are hmm. you guys reading the new Flintstone series? Oh, what? yeah, we yes. talked about that on our last episode. Unbelievable! Like, because it is so... it is. Good. Yeah, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it is uh, um it's it's crazy good. And that guy he wrote Prez as well, and that mm-hmm. was also excellent. Oh, that's um, where I knew Mark Russell from. Prez was so good. Yeah, yeah. That comic. Yeah, that's the reason why Prez is the reason why like he'll probably never do the Jetsons because it would have just been Prez. I'm yes. pretty sure. <laughs> so Prez Prez came out in that year where DC Comics, the year right before Rebirth, but like sort of after the New Fifty Two, where DC just said "fuck it, we're just going to do whatever we want," and Jim Gordon is Batman, mm-hmm. and like you know, mm-hmm. Superman has no powers anymore, and like all mm-hmm. of this just like crazy shit that I've talked about for a while. Uh, Probably the most underrated year of DC Comics. Um, the Omega Men came out of it, all that stuff. Prez was like this little comic that nobody was freaking paying attention to that was absolutely incredible and ended up being like borderline prophetic. Like, hmm. you look yeah. at what happened in the election, you look at sort of like the state that America has, has taken, and Prez, in a weird way, like through through a certain lens, was like, talking about the exact things that led to to all those things happening but in like this hilarious way uh and ben caldwell who is i think one of the most underrated cartoonists out there um just illustrated that book perfectly but yeah oh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up prez mm-hmm. awesome the book doesn't yeah, get enough and, love uh the other my other go-to comedy book uh is chew yeah. Oh, I love Chew. Yeah. yeah. I just I just started reading that one the other day. Uh, Rachel's oh, you're not done yet? For wow. like, like two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt, you just started reading it and people you're not to read through the stuff. whole run. They don't listen to me. Hey, man, I had, I, I had, I had 20 years Spirit of other phone. comics to get through. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Chew, I've heard uh, great things uh, about Chew. I still haven't started it, but it, it, what did it do? 60 issues total run? Yeah, sixty issues. Mm, I, I wow. think it had is... it had a, an abrupt but stellar ending, um, mm. and uh, I I just I did it get, I, did it get it'll, did it get it'll go down as one it... of the best comics I think ever. But hopefully, as long as people don't like start forgetting it. But it, it was yeah. it was <laughs> awesome. It was so good. I read that issue well, one. It, it's getting it's getting adapted. So yeah, it yeah. Is I don't know. How, that's yeah. taking forever to happen. Like I feel like yeah. the actors, the voice actors, went in and recorded their stuff like a long time ago. Because um, uh, mm-hmm. what's what's his, what's the big guy's name uh, in Chew? Um, Savoy. Mm, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. Savoy originally his voice was Robin Williams. That's how 
long ago they recorded well, this, the voice so I think, work. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've taken I think there's been three different companies who have taken the option on it and then it's uh like basically reverted and then gotten sold to somebody else. And so I think the Robin Williams one was a previous uh studio that was adapting it. No, it was the it's the same one with uh with Felicia Day and uh Stephen David U- Tennant. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah Stephen Yude. Right. David Tennant took over the reins for Robin Williams because David Tennant is playing oh. yeah. uh Savoy now. Um wow. but it, it's been the same same directors, same writers, everything. That's crazy. Yeah, it's I just thought, been taking yeah, I forever. That it was just different studios. Wow. No, it's um, just taking forever. <laughs> yeah. To answer the question you had, Matt, it didn't get canceled. It was just with a you know, it was a creator owned series that they they had an endpoint that they wanted to get to, and they got to it in sixty issues, and so they mm-hmm. they ended oh, okay. up there. Gotcha. Yeah, the um, reason it's abrupt is because uh, you read the penultimate issue, and you're like, well, what's the last issue going to be about? And then like the last issue is like a flash forward thing, and so it's like a one shot. Uh, um, yeah, and so like it feels abrupt because a lot of stuff happens in the final issue. Uh, gotcha. So, but yeah, yeah and I no, think I they mean, said that that's how they wanted it to be. They wanted everyone to be like, "Wait, mm-hmm. what?" Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, oh, okay. but it's it's a, it's a good it's a really good ending. I think it's really yeah. Great. That's I mean it's 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 in my queue now. That's coming up here. Uh, but the one I, the, the 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 funniest one that I've read lately is uh, uh, Rat Rat Queens by Curtis Weeb. Wipe, wipe, wait, 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 the worst. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I, have you guys have, have 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 any of you guys read Rat Queens? I haven't. No, I've uh, had uh, volume uh, one. I, I have. Shelf I have. Yeah. Forever. That just made me laugh so much. It's just like <laughs> it's basically just like this guy's weird D and D trip with this all girl D and D crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're like foul mouth D and D. Oh yeah, ladies. it's so yeah. like yeah. Which is I think partly partly why it's funny, and I think maybe what struck me the most was when I started reading it. It was like the first thing she says out of her mouth is like. Just the most foul thing you could possibly imagine. I was like, oh, okay, this is where this comic's going. All right, I can, I can go with this. Uh, but it's like, it is. It's like it's like this goofy D&D with like a bunch of Monty Python satire thrown in. and mm-hmm. yeah. It's fucking brilliant. You haven't read it, Rachel? I haven't. Yeah. Oh, you no, like it's, it. It's like it's my kind it's of comic, really funny. though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I, I think that it is really good. I think that um, after he lost his artist... Uh, yeah, for, that was rough. For uh, uh, reasons for that should reasons. be Terrible happening reasons. on a feminist yeah. book like yes. Rat Queens. Yep. Agreed. Um, yep. When he lost his artist because of that, you know, I hate to say it because obviously the guy's a piece of shit, but I yeah. think that the book really lost something um, because I think that book was more that artist than anyone was giving it credit. Um, I I wholeheartedly agree because I read it after the fact. I read it after all that went down. had had no knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. So when I got to volume three and the artist changed, I was yeah. like, "Wait, hey, what's going on here?" And then I read about it. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, they, well, what a nightmare. They yeah. did. They did Ugh. just barely recently restart it with a another brand new artist. Um, I've heard good things about this new run uh, that they've started, but I, I haven't read it personally. Mm-hmm. So who knows if it gets no, better? No, I haven't then. either. I, I'll probably wait for the trade, but. You're, you're, I think you're right because the art in those first two volumes is is, is really he's an amazing artist. Yeah, 
whether or not he's a huge piece of shit on the personal, that's a side to the to the fact that he's he's very talented. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's just it's like uh, the, it's it's the worst thing that could have happened to this book. No. Yeah. Oh, I, I no of of all time. I mean, it's just you know as Oof. I'm as I'm going through and reading about what happened, I'm like, oh. Oh no no no! no. I, I, I imagine what of you're doing things. right now was exactly Curtis Weaver's <laughs> <laughs> reaction Probably. to uh, the news. Yeah, uh, poor guy. Because the writing still the writing stays up to par. It's just it, just due to the art change. It's hard, it's a little hard to swallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this hopefully this new reboot because I've seen the art from the new series and it looks really good. So hopefully that'll kind of get it back on track. That's good because yeah. the characters are great. The story's great. The world's super fun. Mm-hmm. And I would hate to lose that just because one guy had to be an asshole, but yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do. It's yeah. um, I do also want to want to call out a couple that are, like kind of newer series that uh, that I just started reading that are sort of funny for a little bit different reasons. Because um, we kind of like I, I guess we've kind of touched on it, but uh, have you guys heard of Headlopper? No. Yes. Yeah, I've heard it's, of it. It's so good. So so it's by Andrew McLean, who's a writer and artist. He's a cartoonist. Um. And every issue comes out quarterly, uh, and they're all, I think they're all like 40 page issues or something like that. Um, and so it's been coming out for a while, but it just recently got its first, uh, collected edition, which is actually pretty big. Um, and it is, as far as like visuals go, it is the funniest visual comic that I've probably ever read in my life because it, it definitely relies on its art more than the writing. Like the writing is pretty minimal in terms of speech bubbles and all that stuff. But all of the, just like we were talking about, the stretching out certain moments or getting sort of the reaction to a moment or like, you know, establishing a pattern and then breaking it, all those sort of things, the page turns, uh, it's, it's executed perfectly on the art. And it's just about this like Viking guy called Headlopper who, you guessed it, lops heads off of things. <laughs> uh, Love it. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Like, I, I'm blown away by just how uh, masterful the the art is, and and just the the clean storytelling, and the, the like. It's it's all super simplistic. Nothing is overdrawn. It looks almost like Adventure Time for adults in terms of the art style. <laughs> just a little bit okay. more leaning into realism than than Adventure mm-hmm. Time, but yeah. yeah, yeah, really, really good. That's cool. uh, and then four kids walk into a bank, kind of of the same vein. Um, it's just about like four uh, four nerdy kids. Uh, who get like sucked into this weird bank robbery scene, uh, and it's all I don't know. The characterizations are amazing. It's from Black Mask Studios, who's kind of one of those newer independent publishers that are putting mm-hmm. out like really really creative comics. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, th- those two are like the the I think in terms of like current and new ongoings, uh, mm-hmm. probably some of the funniest comics you can pick up out there. Did you guys read um, awesome. Airboy last year? Airboy. No. Uh-uh. No. No? Oh, my God. Okay. So so Airboy is this old golden age comic that's, like, really cheesy, and, it, and, it's, and it's sort of like – it's in the vein of, like, um, The Shadow and The Phantom where the, oh, okay. the rights to it keep going from – like publisher to publisher to publisher because like someone buys it and they're like, we're going to turn this into a hit comic. And then they turn it into a comic. No one buys it. And then they let the rights lapse and then someone else picks it up and the cycle happens again. Of course. And, and so Airboy was like that for a while where it was like going from publisher to publisher to publisher. And eventually uh, it was 
uh, at Image. And Image was like, well, let's do an Airboy comic. And so they go to James Robinson, the writer, and they're like, hey, write an Airboy comic. And he was like, I hate Airboy. And they're just like, well, you're not you're not writing any comics right now. Like, we want an Airboy comic. Like, come up with something. And he's like, oh, my God. All right. So then he writes this Airboy comic. And what he does is he writes a comic about himself writing an Airboy comic. <laughs> That's fucking great. And it's about his whole life falling apart after his divorce and how he can't find like he can't find anything um uh, uh uh like worth living for and like he just is a he's miserable <laughs> and it's about him meeting the actual airboy and so it's like him and the artist go on this crazy drug bender that ends with them running into the actual airboy who then takes wow. them back to like the airboy comics and he goes on an adventure with Airboy where he, like, basically gets his groove back and by the end feels like a comic book writer again. And <laughs> right after writing that book, he started getting tons of work again as a comic book writer. Yeah. Um, and this comic, it's just a four-issue thing, and it's it's funny. Like, it is hysterical, <laughs> but in the way that, like... Um, a lot of uh, uh, like indie movies can be like really dramatic, but also like be just drop dead funny. Um, yeah, that's true. what that's what this is, and it's it is it's hysterical because uh, Hinkle, Greg, Greg, I think Greg Hinkle, yeah. um, the mm-hmm. the artist, uh, he. Yeah. He is also a character in the book and like he's like meeting with him to draw the Airboy comic and he just – yeah, he just takes him on a drug bender in, in London and he's like – Hinkle is just like this really like boy next door, like never done anything bad in his life kind of character and it's just <laughs> – it's so funny. It's so funny and, and just – it's really sort of like – if I had to point to a comic made in the last five years that was like the most important comic, like I feel like it's this Airboy comic. Um, Whoa! It, it won like a bunch of uh, of uh, Eisners and and stuff like that. Like it is, it's so good. It's so good. Awesome. Um, so if you, nice. you guys have never read it, I I absolutely recommend reading it because it is for for a book that's just called Airboy. Uh, it's not what you think it is at all. It's so good. Oh, that <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, that's awesome. How about, how about uh, you, Rach? You got any? You got any? Uh, what's your funniest comic? Uh, d- hmm. I I really enjoyed <laughs> um, Nick Spencer's Ant Man that came out a few oh, years ago. That, yes. that was great. Yes. That was really good. That was really funny. Speaking I, of Nick Spencer, uh, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. But uh, I have been really enjoying Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange as well. I think that's pretty cool. funny. Was that a he funny says, book? Yeah. yeah, he says things like it's pretty funny. "abracadabra, you son of a bitch" and stuff <laughs> like that. Like it, it's fantastic. It's awesome. I I want to commend Nick Spencer for like being able to write comedy books with the best of them, but then also like create these Hickman like labyrinthian tapestries of like overarching like dramatic serious series like he's doing right now with the Secret Empire thing where he turns Captain America yeah. into a Hydra agent and then goes on this huge sort of adventure where it's like commentary on the rise of white supremacy and like 
twisting yeah. all these things together to in order to make it happen and explain what like it's it's so impressive to see a writer like that that just like they can play both ends of the field really really well but, yeah yeah I, don't I, I i i'm not i'm not super on board with his captain america thing i think it's a little uh-huh. tone deaf um, I think it depends where how he finishes it up, but yeah, I don't know. I um, I, I I think I think making a character created by two Jewish uh, comic creators a secret Hydra agent the whole well, time is super messed up on like a tone deaf level. Whereas, well, like, with, if you yeah. did it with any other character, like whatever, that's then then that's just a story, but. Captain right. America means more than that, and, well, but I, and think it's, it's, I think that's it's why a little it has been up. hitting. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's why it has been more uh, controversial than you know a, a different character you know would have been if you were going to go this route. Because mm-hmm. people, I agree, people are not just taking it as a like you know interesting story development. Like you know, Cap was a werewolf a couple times. You know, things like that. It's uh, it's it's not like this is beyond. The, the realm of the crazy things that can and have been yeah. done with uh, characters like this. But I think, sp- especially right now, and with this particular character, it reads as more than that, which is why you're getting people who are not, like, diehard comic book uh, readers yeah. month to month uh, knowing and getting in, in involved in that sort of well, controversy, because it, it does speak to something a little deeper. It yeah. does, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, but I think that what's interesting is, like, reading the series, it does speak to that, mm-hmm. and the series is kind of about that, and I, like, and, and not to, to, you know, step out of turn or anything, but I think that sure. part of what he's trying to, to do here is that because Captain America is that character, and that he, you know, he was obviously created by Simon and Kirby, p- two people who were very... Yeah. You know, like obviously, both of them went to war. Went to war. Both of them were, you know, and, raised Jewish and yeah, and killed Nazis and yeah. killed yeah, and killed freaking Nazis. Uh, I yeah. think that's part of this is that it's because obviously, like, it's not just that. Oh yeah, Captain America has been a Nazi the whole time. By the way, it's mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oh they're like it. It happened for a reason. There's you know, like reality warping things by the Red Skull and all this stuff. And so Skull, it, it yeah, makes it and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and it, it makes it sort of a foe that Captain America is facing rather than just him being this it's like no this is like a thing that has to be solved and this is a thing that we have to work through and so like it's it's just tricky with like the premise versus thesis type of uh thing you get into where like it you can even if your thesis isn't uh like really on board with whatever ugly thing people are complaining about in the book the the premise itself it's if it's visible enough can like put people off before they're even willing to engage with it in the first place i think it's Mm -hmm. i don't think you can't do something interesting with that and i and from what i've been hearing he has been doing really good stuff with it but I, I don't think it's just that people don't have any leg to stand on by being pissed at it. Oh, you know I, I, I mean? agree. Like, I agree. Yeah, the, yeah. the marketing of it, I think, is hurting it more than anything else. Because the more mar- than the actual, yeah. Because yeah, the yeah. press on the book is, he, he, this is Captain America. He has been a Hydra agent the entire time. Yes. All the books that you've read with Captain America were a lie because he was a secret Hydra agent the entire time. That is what the press of the book is saying. Yeah. Right. And, 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 yeah, and I think that's the wrong way twisting. to approach it. Yeah. 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 And and so and Nick Spencer in interviews has said no this is St- this is Steve Rogers. He was a Hydra agent the whole time. It's also the fact that Marvel seems to be in denial that Hydra are Nazis. They're just right. like no they're not. They're Hydra. <laughs> no, they're but yeah. they're but they're and Nazis. Like... No, they're not. They're Hydra. 
but yeah. Hydra yeah. are Nazis. Like you're aware of that, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, no, no, they're not. They're Hydra. They're not Nazis. And which is why one thing that struck me reading this comic in the in the week up to this podcast was there's a whole bit in Superior Foes of Spider Man with Baron Zemo where he's there as like a you know um, he he hires like the the um, whatever attorney whatever. Um, that Beetle works at, you know, before she becomes Beetle, as like a mediating influence, and there's this whole discussion to be had about where he's like, "No, but you're you're dressed as Baron Zemo, you're a Nazi." Like it's like getting, getting mad at people for like if you dress up like Hitler and you're not like. There's a whole discussion in this the text of this book about how it, it's not going to matter that much if you deny that the reality of the Nazi issue is its own thing if the legacy is there. That like it's not like he's unaware of these things mm-hmm. in general. And mm-hmm. it, and and he played with it in a in an interesting and I think um, pretty nuanced way in in this book just for shits and giggles in like a comedy series. So I, it's a little tricky that the like the Marvel official word on the on the matter is so sort of tone deaf about it. Yeah, it, 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 regardless of the work I itself. Agree. Well, and I think yeah. I think that the yeah. story like I, I don't know if you guys have read any issues or whatever. I think the story itself mm. kind of pinned itself into a corner where saying anything. Like say, like saying too much about it at all ends up mm-hmm. being a spoiler and and kind of like right. ruining the reveal or the sort of the the you know the central I guess um, conflict of the story and so then it's like yeah. when they do want to just like keep promoting it or whatever they keep saying these dumb dumb things yeah all for yeah. the sake or of like preserving said- a spoiler. Right, and in the middle of this, that they're saying like, "Oh, we want like to promote Secret Empire for like employees to like dress as Hydra agents and comic yeah. book shops and people like that, right. and like comic book like shop owners who are like, you know, LGBTQ like uh, they're like all of, like I'm not. Are you kidding me right now? Like, right. there's like the it's there's so many things you can play with in your writing that like are their own thing, but then the larger optics, they don't exist in a vacuum. And they certainly don't exist in a vacuum when it comes to, like, optics and how the company itself deals with any controversy that springs up around it. Yeah. And I think that those have been the major stumbles in this uh, ordeal, regardless of the writing itself, which has been sort of, like, sad sad to see. And then it's and, and just, then it's the combination yeah. of that and then, like, Nick Spencer doing passive-aggressive things, like making... Oh, yeah, get making, him off of Twitter. Yeah, yeah get yeah. him off of Twitter, first of all. Yeah. And and yeah. second of all, like, the, the, the thing where in the Sam Wilson book he made social justice warriors, like, supervillain, like, a team of supervillains... And yeah. it's just like, ugh, dude, just because they don't like you doesn't make them villains. Like, stop right. it, dude. Stop right. it. What are you doing? Oh, like, you're just tricky. building their case for them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's it's really frustrating because in this and other series that we prove, he is a really good writer, yeah. especially at, like, juggling lots of different tones and different, like, uh, subject matter. And it's it's just sad to, like, be caught, you know, mired in this right now mm-hmm. in any sort of discussion about uh, Nick Spencer that it's it's going to going to pop up uh, right. but yeah yeah i don't know but and i think i think I, I i'll be honest i i checked out of the Nick Spencer mm-hmm. train like of like everything that he's doing right now when he announced yeah. that he was just going to stop making morning glories um without <laughs> ending it and that tr- that made me angry um, yeah. because he was yeah. basically writing Lost. Like, imagine, like, Lost just ending halfway through season three. 
Yeah. And you're like, mm, I probably would have been mm. probably would have been better for the for the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, that that show that show was great until the final season. Um, <laughs> I'd say ending it ending it before the final season would have been. Uh, probably preferable yeah. but, but yeah, more, yeah morning morning glories like i loved that book and i was i was a rabid fan of it and i read every issue and then they were like we're taking a break and then he was like jk not taking a break i think we're just done and i was like yeah especially for we that don't series know anything so about anything that's going on now no yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah so Anyway, uh, um, yeah, and I, I would say tough. like it, it, it's you know probably advisable to like hop on Marvel Unlimited and read like you know for anyone listening uh, you know to read like maybe the first issue or two just to see like sort of the context of all of it because it is like it is so mired in all of these different things and like it's a tough issue to broach like because there are so many mm-hmm. angles mm-hmm. of it and there are so many things that they've done wrong with the handling of it yeah mm-hmm. it's just all yeah and mess. there's definitely things that have gone wrong on the other side of the spectrum like you have people who are gung ho against him. Him, building a case on him by taking panels out of context that yeah, would sure. make them not look as bad. But instead, right. they take the panel out of context, like, look at what this evil son of a bitch did. And you're yeah. like, but if you read the panel surrounding that panel, it is fine. Um, but yeah. yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, you know, bad stuff on both sides, but regardless yeah, but it's it's a clusterfuck that i just don't want to be a part of yeah, well, so, yeah. So, so speaking from someone who is not a part of that i've i my my online presence is pretty 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 much minimal i don't use twitter uh-huh. facebook's like once in a blue moon so all yeah. of what you guys have just been talking about i was generally unaware of uh, oh, sure. other than okay. um cap being a hydra agent and yeah. uh yeah. There's that. I, 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 I'm going to continue to, I guess, live in my blissful ignorance regarding that because it's like you can't. There doesn't. Sure. There doesn't seem like there's whatever side you take or whatever side people want to take. Doesn't seem like there's going to be a clear winner out of this equation. There's no. You know, we mm-hmm. can all, we can all fight for our sides, but there's no. I don't know. Nobody's going to win out of it. Nobody's going to get anything out of it that's that's going to like make their lives better or make somebody else, you know, change someone else's opinion and it sounds like it's it's turning into this conflict of oh, and it has been, of, sure. of epic proportions yeah. that doesn't that to some degree doesn't almost need you know, you know, some Yeah. Just, well, I wouldn't say there's no value in the conversation at all. I just don't think it's been handled particularly well. And that's ca- and that's kind of what yeah. I'm getting at is yeah. cuz yeah. I agree. I think you there is value in that conversation. I think we always should have that conversation with every, with all forms of media that are being released. Where they should, to some right. degree, have a critical eye, and you should say, "Oh, wait, hey, you know, it's 2017. Where maybe we're a little bit past that, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah, right. like, oh, that's not cool it, to do." It's definitely. A, a, it really feels like a concentrated like. This situation, it feels like the most concentrated thing on like the way the state of the world right now, sure. which yeah. is yeah. two two sides with their backs to each other and their fingers in their ears, going la 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 la. You can't tell me that I'm wrong, la 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 la. Right, and right. and and that's that's what this whole Captain America situation feels like, and it's just mm-hmm. it's so exhausting that I've just kind of completely checked out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, and I think there's, Which I is, think there's, I understand. Yeah, yeah. And there's merit to, you know, like, re, you know, why don't we all, regardless of what's going on in the peripheral, why, why don't we all just read this series for ourselves and make that judgment for ourselves? Because we, I, I, sure. I mean, I haven't read it yet. I don't know what the, I don't know what the full story is. I, I kind of yeah. live in, mm-hmm. sure. I live in an unlimited world, so I'm kind of six months behind everything anyway. 
right yeah the bleeding cool and and subreddits aspect of it where there's all this like discussion by people who really like to take things to their extreme i think has has Mm -hmm. uh made this situation and any situation in comics a lot worse than it really is because bleeding cool makes everything worse yeah yeah, they do yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, bleeding cool bleeding cool and 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 all those things are one of the primary (laughs) reasons why i left facebook because my feed was just filling up with this garbage and i'm like god i hate everybody right now Everybody's, yeah. everybody's just like comics. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> can we like you know? Or can we all just get along? I mean, why are we all fighting about this kind of stuff? And and I, not mm. not to not to not to take away from your point, which was the conversations are mm-hmm. important because I do think they are. But sure. when you make them inflammatory and when you take things out of context yep. and when you when you when you when you're just selling articles to make a buck and to make guys at right. you know, taking two sentences out of this guy's you know press release and saying, oh, this is his entire opinion it's just it's just yeah. it's just garbage media and unfortunately now mm-hmm. the comics are so yeah. cool and geek cultures now pop culture uh, that's it's 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 just turning into the kardashians and it's just yeah a night, it's a nightmare and it's and sure. it's like you know yesterday there's that other site cosmic book news which is the worst site in the fucking world i hate like it's the <laughs> worst site in the history of comic book journalism because it's not journalism mm-hmm. like yesterday i saw this this post on my feed that just made me kind of lose it where it was like, DC Comics says F you to Marvel changing characters. I'm like, what? Like, it was, it, like, the whole source of it was just John Romita saying about this new series they're doing. They're going, yeah, we're just creating more diverse characters. We're not going to take Superman and make him black or something like that. We're trying to create more original diverse characters. And that was, like, all he said. <laughs> and then this right. headline is, DC Comics says F you to Marvel changing their characters. And it's like... Come on. And then, like, Whoa. all the comments are these people, like, yeah, it's stupid. What are we going to do? Make Bruce Wayne gay now? And, like, just all this stuff. You're like, come on. Like, why is everybody so dumb? It's, yeah. I don't know. We're, we're, I, I we're reaching all that we're, stuff. We're, we're reaching that tipping point, though, because, you know, we're all getting older and we all grew up with these characters. And so there's, like, and I, you know, you know, for myself, I, Spider Man was, Spider Man was my universe forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Dan Slott took over and I was like, Aah! You know, I just I couldn't handle mm-hmm. it because it was like, yeah. what are you what are you doing to my favorite? Mm. You know, my personal it's hero. Really, remind yeah, me, remind me to tell, remind me to tell you guys something off mic about in reference <laughs> to that. Okay, okay, so, that's good. Yeah, we'll put it. We'll put a note next to the Z- uh, Zach um, knows it, but yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys <laughs> yeah. don't. But it'll make you real, real mad, and I'm excited yeah. for you to find out. <laughs> Excellent, <laughs> it'll be lots of fun. But I, but um, I, but I think that's my, where it's coming from. Yeah, because everybody's yeah. so. We've all we've all grown up and been rammed. I mean, these you know this 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 culture has been rammed down our throats. Now it's so popular, yeah. and so we're fighting. Yeah. We're fighting like, no, we want our we want you know what made what made me Matt is reading Spider Man yeah. comics growing up, and now you're yeah. gonna you're gonna change that shit, or you're gonna do you know whatever, and then and now everybody's so yeah. and and it because it's so popular, and there's this large influx of new people coming in that are. It's just a melting pot of a nightmare in some way. Yeah, some yeah. and that's the way. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, like, I think that, and it's it's a big thing that I hate is just like the sort of like collector fanboy mindset of like nothing can change, and you know, like making making Captain America black is is really dumb, even though Sam Wilson's a character that's been around forever, and like legacy is a right. thing that's built in and inherent to comic books, and like, I, and and it, it's frustrating now to see Marvel like completely 
lose their balls on something they've been building for five years where they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, all the, like, you know, middle-aged, white, straight collector, you know, men that, Mm -hmm. like, are dropping these books because they're more diverse. Sorry, sorry, all you people who shouldn't be the audience for our books. We're just going to change everything now and bring back all the old characters and make you happy again. Like, no, like, stick to what you were trying to do. You're bringing in young, like, new and more diverse readers to your comics that are going to keep the industry alive going forward. These middle-aged, straight, white collectors are not going to keep it alive because in 30 years they're going to be dead. Like, Right. right. Well, well, I will say this. I will say this. I think that their plan was always to bring back the original characters because I think what they're doing is they're cheating. Which is that they need more diversity. They know it's a thing they need. Mm-hmm. And, but every time they create a new character from scratch, it doesn't Nobody sell cares. because no one cares. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so they're cheating by creating new characters, making them come onto the scene as existing characters so that people will actually read the books, then bringing back the original characters and making them new characters – the the, right. the 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 new making the new characters into new superheroes that you will then yeah. follow because yeah. you already liked them as Captain America or as Thor or as you know Iron Man or whatever yeah sure, um, sure. so it, it's it's a cheat and it's yeah. and it's definitely like as from a from a from a like editorial standpoint it's actually yeah. a brilliant cheat it's just that <laughs> most people who read comics are too reactionary and so they're like they're killing all my characters it's like okay well obviously they're not they're still in movies they're gonna come back like right they're they're always gonna come back everybody like chill out like (laughs) there's also the aspect that it's like it's sort of broken on it's it's built on a a slightly broken older model that hasn't quite caught up to the way that people actually like uh, widespread uh take in media these days which is like Oh, if the if our core group of like straight white dudes who are like thirty years old and above aren't reacting to this very well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it's like, well, people didn't react to these new characters because who actually understands the pre-order system and who actually is like invested in the ways that like comics are actually sold, you know, yeah. to stores and who feels mm-hmm. welcome there and all that. Yeah, like, and that, people and that opens who up would be whole... super into your new characters don't know about them yeah. so like that's more of a marketing and structural problem oh, than, i agree because they, oh, they look, keep this co- diverse thing doesn't sell yeah, yeah. they mm-hmm. keep they keep canceling yeah. series before the trade even comes out even though most of their new audience reads trades from you know like trades. Trades and noble and stuff like there's, yeah. there's a whole yeah. nutshell there but we're we're running short on time and i know rachel well, right, yeah so. <laughs> running, running out of time yeah, this, here this inside. conversation went to a weird place <laughs> yeah but but books but are funny interesting and important one yes absolutely funny read funny books and it would be nice if people came to these conversations from a place of trying to understand rather yes. than trying to talk over each other you know mm-hmm. yes yeah there you go okay uh but more on spirit of spider-man <laughs> yeah. uh, let's all let's all give it a quick rating uh as a as a series and then we'll we'll send the series off or send the, the episode off uh rachel what's yeah. your what's your rating on the series um my rating on this series oh is... did she have to leave already yeah she left <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> yeah I, I was worried about Whoa. that i kept looking at the clock and i was like shit 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 Oops, whoops, whoops. Nah, she's fine. Um, we'll patch her in, yeah, <laughs> later. <laughs> Have a little uh, uh, little soundbite of her giving a, a rating. There, there we go. Like um, <laughs> all right, well then, uh, Matt, what's your rating on the series? Uh, I'll give it f- five out of six stars. Five out of six uh, 
foes, sinister foes. Yeah, sinister. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, um, I, I really like it. I think it's a lot of fun, and I, I, I think I think that's something that 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 Marvel has an opportunity for that that don't take enough, which is just fill in the universe with just ridiculous things. Mm. Yeah. And don't take itself so seriously. It's so great. I mean, why? I mean, that's why. Like, yeah. why I love the Venture Brothers so much because it's and, and this felt kind of like the Venture Brothers. It's just this like, sure, absurd, yeah. crazy, weird. It's just fun. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, Good I did, stuff. and I I loved it. I uh, I and one thing I did want to bring up. I so the colorist uh, Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, uh huh. So I just barely read. Have you guys read the Nick Fury number one that they just launched with? Uh, basically, Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, and the six one six. No, I uh-huh. actually I I left uh, day and date monthly comics a couple months back. Yeah, um, I, so I mostly I'm, don't. I'm, I'm switching. Either. I'm switching to the Marvel Unlimited and and hoping because DC recently, like there was like a rumor that they they're teaming with Amazon to do yep. a similar thing. I'm crossing so, my fingers uh, on that. I'm really yeah. hoping that that happens because they are into the digital age they are like they are like five years overdue i don't know what they're doing over there it's frustrating that's what happens when jim lee runs all your digital outlet anyway that's all that's a whole other thing um (laughs) uh, but yeah and we're i think like that's kind of one thing i like about our podcast is that we're all pretty much trade readers like we don't read that many monthly Mm -hmm. comics and we're not like tapped into like the hardcore fanboy community so i feel like we right we're a little a little bit more calm on certain things um, <laughs> sure. Unless he, unless, I, unless 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 Dan Slot comes up, yeah. Then then Matt sure. loses his mind. <laughs> um, or Dan DeDio for me. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> so one thing oh, I man, noticed. I got in, a story about him too. Okay. Oh, so, no. <laughs> sorry. Uh, off off a, mic. Two Dan's. Off yeah. mic. Two Dan's. Two Dan's off mic. <laughs> he's uh, anyway. So so I, two Dan's. One mic. I don't know. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> that's a viral video. Um, <laughs> So I read. I read. Is Nick, it? Would anyone want to watch that? I don't think uh, so. No. <laughs> um, Sorry, I, what are you saying? I read Nick Fury number one, and it was uh-huh. amazing because it's like it's a very sort of like modern take on this new, you know, quote unquote new Nick Fury uh, character um, that harkens back to the old Steranko stuff, but in a way that still utilizes sort of these modern storytelling methods. And so it's like this great fusion mm. of modern comics and, and classic stuff. Um, cool. And one thing that stood out to me in that series was the colors. Uh, Rochelle Rosenberg was the colorist on that series, and it like she did an amazing job coloring this new Nick Fury series in like this really cool like psychedelic palette that still actually felt grounded. It was awesome. Awesome. Uh, and one thing I noticed in this series, she was the colorist on this series, and like this must have been one of her first books that she colored. Uh, uh-huh. because she has like all the foundations are there. Like the, the color palettes and stuff are all really, really great. And she does a good job on that, but there's all these like fun things that you can like see her like really playing around with in the coloring that like she didn't quite nail. Like if you look through, <laughs> if you look through all these, these pages, there's a lot of like random textures. She does a lot of like stains and stuff like that, which can mm. be really good, Yeah, but she uses <laughs> yeah. them on like their faces in like random spots and just like, right mm. yeah or masks occasionally and things like that yeah yeah and it just like, <laughs> like it like sometimes it works really well but then sometimes you're like ah oh, like there's no reason that that like blot needs to be there on that on their skin like behind their neck you know hmm. um, <laughs> yeah but it was really funny because like going through this whatever it was 17 issues uh mm-hmm. you really see her evolve as a colorist and like if you look at the first issue and the last issue all the fundamentals are still pretty similar 
but like yeah the amount of like over the top effects and like things where they don't need to be and stuff like that are are very toned down uh and like make it really sound and it's just interesting because i think she might be like one of my favorite colorists now uh and i don't know when she started but it's like it's apparent that in these first few issues it's like she's kind of playing around with photoshop and all the things that she just found out that she can do uh, sure. That like half the time they work really really well, and then the other half time you're yeah. like, all right, like easy does it. Let's just tone it down a little bit. Um, right. I think anyway, she's probably trying to find the style for the book. Absolutely. You know? right. And then eventually it settles into it. Yeah. 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 And and but... I think it did work really well. And I don't think that anything was mm-hmm. like like I I think part of it is that I'm like learning to color comic books myself right now, and so like it stood out to right. me a little more. Um, mm-hmm. Totally. But but I think that, yeah, she was probably the perfect colorist for the book. And, and I think that the whole creative team kind of evolved with each other as the series went along uh, mm-hmm. to where it ended up being this well-oiled machine. Um, but anyway, yeah. that, that was just the thing I wanted to bring, bring up. Um, my rating, totally. I'll give it a, uh, a six out of eight spider legs. <laughs> okay. Went I for like that, that one. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm down. I'm down with that. <laughs> All right. What about you guys? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Scott? I want to think some I, more. <laughs> I, 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 um, I think that, uh, hmm. I mean, I, I'm definitely not a perfect score because uh, I, I do think that the ending um, is a little rushed for me because uh, obviously they were getting canceled. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, so that's no fault of their own. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm just looking at the work, uh, it, it does feel a little it rushes to a conclusion. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think I think I think I'm with Matt five out of out of uh, Sinister Six, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I mean, this was a really interesting uh experience like reading this you know especially being out of the mainstream stuff uh for a while not that this is current mainstream stuff yeah mainstream fair but uh i i really liked that it it almost could serve as like a release valve or something like you know in the middle of another very controversial uh um you know run the superior spider-man run uh like a place where something that's just light and fun, even in the midst of these like really intense uh, changes to the status quo and like the universe and all that, just like month to month, a story that's related to that universe that is just like fun and has such a playful tone. And and when you talk about like, you know, a, a, a book or a story that, that stars like an anti-hero or like, this is about villains or whatever, like the, I, I feel like there's a tendency or an initial, uh, you know, direction that a lot of people go in where it's just going to become grim and dark and super super serious and all that but this was just so fun and playful the whole time and that was just really refreshing i like that sort of you know working joe tone but there's also wild comic hijinks i i was um really pleasantly su- surprised by it mm-hmm. so i i would give it like a you know seven spider legs out of eight spider legs or something <laughs> like that um, nice you know the yeah it the, a lot of fun little you know I think at at any level of fandom, you can find something enjoyable from from this. It doesn't just have to be about like, oh wow, that's a deep cut from like the roster of like Spider Man supervillains to be referencing here. It can just be like the the banter between um, Boomerang and his new lady friend, where she like you know uh, flips him out and kicks his 
kicks his, his butt when he knocks on her door because she's scared of him and he's like well, where'd you learn that she's like you think i never learned self-defense i'm from philly like, <laughs> like there's yeah. there's things that are just funny because they're funny and then there are things that are funny because of the larger state of affairs in that particular comic book at the time and there's things that are funny because of like the long history of spider-man as a character so mm-hmm. i think that's a tough thing to pull off and i think they did a a, a damn good job overall with it yep. so yeah, uh, uh, seven out of eight and I'm going to give it a bonus point because they had a uh, mm. they had a uh, interoster and an alien from this island Earth reference. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, bonus uh, points for sure. Yeah, I will say I this: uh, I'm, huh. I've been rewatching the '90s uh, Fox Spider-Man animated series. Uh-huh. Nice, and of course. it is super weird to watch Silvermane on yeah, that right? cartoon. Right. <laughs> When I'm like, I'm like, isn't he just a head? That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. Um, Just a sassy, slightly racist old Italian head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I, I like, I like the like weirdly racist that they they threw in there. Like, it's really good. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Well, all right. Uh, That that just about does it. I think so. Scott and I didn't quite get to our catch-ups, but let's mention really quick, you and I, Scott, what we uh, what we've been reading or watching. Um, Sure. Yeah. I'll just mention mine really fast without getting into it, but I, I read uh, the first two volumes of Rebirth Superman, and it was oh, phenomenal, cool. and the reason that I really want to bring it up is that, Matt, I think this book is, like, carved out specifically for you. Like, it's <laughs> it's so good. It's like, Superman is a dad, and at one point they get they get stuck on this island of dinosaurs that Darwin Cook created back in the New Frontier, and, like, there's mm-hmm. freaking awesome. just crazy, like... I don't, it, like every aspect of genre storytelling is at one point explored here, and plus mm-hmm. just the the fatherhood and like, uh, you know, this Superman is from a different world. Like it's there's a lot of stuff there that's just like really really fun, um, and it's and it puts a smile. Like every time I'm reading it, I have a giant smile on my face. So I think that it's uh, if you if you're at all curious about why people like Superman, this is a good one to read. Hmm. Here, nice. here, here, here's the context for you guys. So. Jason's been trying to <laughs> Jason's been trying to get me to go to to dive into DC for this entire time I've known him, and the the, mm-hmm. the one of the primary reasons I haven't is because I've you know I've been reading Marvel since like '89, so and then I go and I'm and I know how much work I had to put in to sort of put that universe together, <laughs> and, then, I'm, and yeah. then he's like, "You should read DC," and I'm like, "Oh, dude, I just can't I can't do it. It's just, it's it's." <sighs> It's so huge. I mean, it's daunting to try to say like, "Hey, yeah. just jump into this comic book series." And to be fair, mm-hmm. I have you know, I've jumped in a little bit, uh, but he just keeps trying. One of these, you know, start. Yeah. Have you have you watched the uh, the the Timverse? Oh yeah, the Batman uh, the animated, the animated series, series? And Justice yeah, League. Batman oh, the animated yeah. series oh, yeah. through Justice League Unlimited, Justice League. I've, okay, I watched, if you've done, I watched if, that. If, I've if, watched that's as good a primer. I've watched yeah. all yeah. the animated movies. I enjoy those. Yeah. Okay, and if, if the, you've if, done if, all if, that, if, well, here's you've a, done most of the heavy lifting, dude. Well, yeah. But if yeah. so, if DC does a digital like this, you know, like a Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. that will be yeah. that will be. I'm not going to go out and start buying a bunch of trades and all that kind of stuff to try to oh, get access sure. to all yeah. these. But if they do an unlimited thing, I think that would be the catalyst to say, oh, okay, hey, yeah, oh, I can dive on, a little bit here. By the trade of All Star Superman, though, buy that one. All Star mm, Superman is great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like All Star Superman. Oh, no, screw. Scott. Why? Uh, I do want to point out. I did. You do I did have access. I, I know. I have access. Uh, so I, I did read American Alien, and I thought that was hands down one of the That's best. Great. One of the best superhero mm-hmm. stories I've ever read. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, and I did. I read uh, Jeff Johns' Aquaman. The, the, yeah. I did. I did. I, I, <laughs> I, I liked it. And then I, I did. You know, Swamp Thing for the all of it, the whole Swamp Thing up to Snyder's. Oh, oh yeah, nice. I, st- I, I yeah. stopped at Snyder's because uh, was it was I didn't quite like it. But anyway, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a awesome. partial hater, maybe convert. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, maybe, maybe Rebirth will be that. Yeah. The way you. that I started reading DC Comics, um, I don't know that I recommend this for anyone, but <laughs> I uh when I started reading monthly comics, um I started with Astonishing X Men number one. That was like the first thing that I read in a monthly like where like I went to the oh, store Joss bought Right. Yeah. Bought that. Yeah. And then started reading monthly, like going to the store every week. Like that was the wow, catalyst right. that got me in the store every week. Um, uh-huh. And then my 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 list just grew and grew and grew and grew until I was spending like forty bucks a week. Um, of course, of course. <laughs> but uh, but the way that I got into DC because I've always been more into DC characters because of uh, like the the Timverse stuff. Yeah. Um, I mm-hmm. actually. Read Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, jeez! I read that. I read that. Understood hardly any of it. Hardly any of it. And then I would learn a little bit, and then I would start reading more. And then every year for like ten years, I would read Crisis on Infinite Earths again. And then, (laughs) and then, and then that last year that I read it, I understood the entire thing. But it took me ten years. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, I'm gonna give me ten years. I'm gonna give that a hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good, it's a really great entry and I, point. And I, and I like to read a lot, and that sounds like a nightmare. It's it's mm. it is a really good barometer of how much you understand about the DC universe. Oh, man. Is is reading that? You're not helping um, my cause right awesome. now. Awesome. Yeah, mm, it's, I, it's, I, 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 it was fun for me. I mean, I, I, I loved not understanding, be like, who, who's this guy? And then like going and trying to figure out who that person is. And, Absolutely. No, I get that. Yeah. I mean, that, for, I did that with, you know, and I did that with Marvel and I, and I loved every minute of it. I just don't know yeah, if I have mm-hmm. the energy to do it again for another entire giant universe. Well, and that's why, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I think that Rebirth is a, is a great time because like, for yeah. all intents and purposes, it's a pretty freaking good jumping on point. Like not not the rebirth yeah. special yeah. eighty page thing that I made Matt read that he hated, uh, but the sure. the <laughs> jumping that. on issues of all of the series I think are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, like volume yeah. one rebirth. Super yeah, exactly. Although that yeah. that yeah. that rebirth one shot I think is a masterpiece of modern. Oh, I comics. loved it. It's it's unbelievable. No, um, I like loved the it. Watchmen it's just Matt, stuff. Matt had no context for like any right. of the things so going I'm reading on. It. Sure. Like, Jason's sure. like, this is a great jumping on point. It makes perfect sense. And I'm reading, I'm like, I don't know what's going on with any of this. Yeah, that, guess, was, uh, that was that, <laughs> that, that experience of that reading that with no context. Imagine that every year for 10 years. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> only, only times yeah. like a thousand because <laughs> yeah, it's got, is a 12 issue maxi series. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, funny. no, wow. I, I think that's the Watchmen stuff. Like, you know, it seems to all be coming back now. Like, I haven't read the button yet. Um, but it's good. It huh? seems to be like leading towards some crazy Watchmen crossover thing. But before that, when it was just the one issue, I loved that it was Jeff Johns apologizing for Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that's what it was because that's what Watchmen was representing in that book. Was yeah. like, look, yeah. we Watchmen ruined everything. You know who directed the Watchmen movies? Zack Snyder, who well, also that, ruined but... everything. 
Yeah, it was a commentary on comics, too, because, like, I mean, in comics, right. everyone's yeah. been trying to recapture the Alan exactly. Moore really dark, deconstructed comics thing, and exactly. Jeff Jones is like, no, yeah. like, let's let them be heroes and, like, have fun with yeah. them. Exactly. Please, please. Oh, God, it was a ma- yeah. it was an 80-page masterpiece. <laughs> I, it, yeah, I, I was it. blown away by that thing. And I think there will awesome. be a certain point, Matt, where you might where you might at some point go back after, like, reading some DC comics or whatever, you might go back, you know, someday and read it and be like, you know, this is really good. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll like keep a, my fingers take crossed. A while. Is that like your, yeah, yeah, that's like your like little weird secret wet dream at night. Like one of these days, Matt's gonna be like, Jason, <laughs> yeah. you were right. Yeah, not that I was right. Series I just, that <laughs> another I, good dream, like, deep. Oh, go ahead. What I what yeah. I dream about is Matt. Like it was someday, just saying, Jason, I like DC Comics. That's what I dream about. It's, <laughs> uh, it's not yeah. you were right. It's just. I like DC Comics. That that I would. Jason, love maybe if you maybe if you pair it with the right music, there then we go. That'll come on board. Oh hey yeah. shit! Yeah, I had a so. I had a pairing for uh, Superior oh, yeah. Foes. I totally forgot. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Let me oh. let me drop that real quick. Uh, uh, a new cool. a new band I just saw two weeks ago. They're called Dengue Fever. They're from L. Mm. They're from L. A. They play yeah. like uh, it's like kind of surf, kind of punk, kind of. Kind of fun, weird, sort of funky, upbeat stuff, and they've got this like four and a half foot Righteous. tall Cambodian woman as a singer, and it's straight Ooh. up huh. Kill Bill music. Um, That's dope. Yes. And so, I, oh. and I think that would be just perfect for Superior Foes. Just to have this kind of wacky. That sounds like, wonderful. It's like almost islandy, but like I, I don't know. Anywho, Dengue Fever. Check awesome. them out. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Dengue Fever. All right. Um, I like it. Scott, really quick, drop us in. Uh, drop us in what you what you're catching up on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, man, there's there's a cu- there's a couple of things I'm trying to. I've been trying to like pare down which one I should go with. Um, but but <laughs> the I last think two hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'll I, I think I'll go with um. There there's this new podcast. I don't know. Well, it's not really. It's not new, I guess. I mean, it, it came uh-huh. it new came out you. like a couple of yeah. Well, it came yeah. out like a couple months ago, or like a m- month uh-huh. month and a half ago. Um, it's uh, from the creators of uh, Serial and This American Life. It's called uh, S Town, mm. and S-Town. it's they dropped it's seven episode like documentary series. It sounds <laughs> like I'm just imagining. Okay, I guess I don't have to listen to this and just stop at the <laughs> podcast. No, uh, so um, I haven't even I haven't even listened to it yet. And I was out hanging out with friends, and that was the sole topic of conversation. Uh, yeah, was that so, so it's Whoa. okay. So, so if you listen to Serial, you kind of know what to expect. It's sort of in that uh, format, but it's it's more narrative driven, and it's it's basically Ooh. one of the uh, producers of This American Life gets a. Uh, an email from a guy uh, who like fixes like old antique clocks in Alabama. And he's like, he's like, listen, I live in shit town, Alabama. The, the actual name of the show is shit town, but they can't Mm -hmm. put that on iTunes. (gasps) So it's called S town. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so he's like, I live in shit town, Alabama. There's all this police corruption. There was a murder that was covered up. Can you come out and investigate it? And it just is about what it ends up becoming is this story about like this guy like going out to this place to shit town, Alabama and investigating this murder as a reporter. 
and then Whoa. befriending this guy and it becomes like the relationship about like this one left minded guy who's like an NPR subscriber in Whoa. the middle of nowhere Alabama struggling with living in this backwards town and it's just it's it is incredible like i can't Whoa. i couldn't stop listening to it so it's seven episodes you said and yeah it's seven episodes because they they dropped it all at once yeah uh-huh um, and and you said it's uh the guy like fixes antique clocks yeah 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 okay. that's that's what he does Dope. for for a living um can and i it's... can i slide in a secondary recommendation just because of the clock making thing made me think of it and i want to just throw it in yeah, real quick yeah watch me uh, right <laughs> no, not Watchmen. There's, there is a, there's a. Heroes, uh, Watchmen. Heroes, have you heard I, of it? Um. <laughs> no, I call it a TV show, but it's not really a TV show. It's a YouTube channel. It's just a guy update. Whatever. It's called Clickspring. Mm. There is this Australian man. I love Australians. And it took him like a year and a half, and he just documented the process of machining a clock from scratch. Wow. Like mm. starting with the metal, the brass stock and like lathing down custom screws and all the gears and all the wheels and it took him a year and a half and he finished it last year and it was like the most exciting thing. And so there's just like it's a it's a multi-part series where you just watch him build a clock huh. and it's the most relaxing thing anywhere. That's right, sorry, cool. Uh, <laughs> back to S-Town. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, great. S-Town. I yeah. can't I can't recommend uh-huh. it enough. It is not mm. a mystery. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. It is okay. not a mystery. Like I, a lot of people Just, listen to it because they thought, oh, it's from Serial, so it's going to be a mi- – and, and there's a guy asking to investigate a murder. It's a mystery about the mur- – it's not a mystery about the murder. That's not what okay. it is. It uh-huh. is really a documentary series about this guy huh. um, awesome. and his relationship to this town and everything that surrounds that. Um, and it is – it's crazy and it takes a – it takes a massive dramatic turn in the second episode. Like there's a hint of it in the first episode and then in the second episode it takes a massive dramatic turn at the end and it's at that point like you're not going to be able to stop listening because you're going to be like, "Oh awesome. my god, what's happening?" Oh, excellent. Um, oh, it's nice. it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I had to stop everybody last night cuz it was like I was like, okay, guys, I would like to listen to this, and you're spoiling things, so shut up. And mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> shut, shut, shut it. Yeah. So, nice. so good. So anyway, S-Town. Check it out. Got it. Love Alrighty. it. Uh, well, well. Hey, you guys, you guys want to uh, plug your plugs and, and all that good stuff? Oh, yeah. Zach, oh, you sure. do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the, uh, the main thing to plug, to reiterate from the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> if you've been sticking with us over the last couple hours, yeah. uh, we might split our, it into two new... episodes. Oh, cool. All right. Is our, so what do you remember from the previous episode? Uh, our new podcast, uh, Spider-Man Minute, uh, which is going to be on DuelingGenre.com. It's, uh, it's a, a minute-by-minute discussion podcast of the movie Spider-Man by Sam Raimi, where we analyze and celebrate it one minute at a time. Uh, Scott and I already have two uh, preview episodes up, talking about our personal relationship with Spider-Man and analyzing the lead-up to the film with the trailers and everything. It's a lot of fun. We're big fans of Spider-Man. It's just a big, earnest sort of love fest for the character. Um, it's just a very adorable space that we sit in. So that'll start. Um, we have those two episodes up, and then it's going to go daily starting May 1st. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. And um, uh, also, I, I would want to recommend um, Geek by Night, which is yeah. the uh, the original uh, audio series that I, uh, I created and executive produced with uh, Nick Jimenez, uh, my writing partner and co-host on Back to the Future Minute. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's a it's a series about uh, a group of friends 
who are sort of like pop culture savvy, um, you know, geeky types who run a comic book store together and get superpowers and about what that does and does not mean uh, for them as a group of individuals. (laughs) Like, do they become (laughs) superheroes? Do they just hang out at the comic shop and talk about stuff? It's a little bit of both. And it's and I think it's a lot of fun. And I the characters are, you know, it's sort of Buffy esque is like the uh, tone we're kind of trying to strike where Mm -hmm. it's really funny, but also isn't afraid to get dramatic at times. Mm -hmm. Um, Zach is in it and it's a a fully cast uh, series and there are 14 episodes available to binge right now. now. And we're working on the finale. So um, that's awesome. You know, yeah, yeah. So give it a listen. So give yeah, that a fantastic. listen, please. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Thanks, guys. No, I'm I'm actually <laughs> quite uh, I'm quite interested in that. I'll probably start listening to that today when I'm uh, working on some stuff. Um, oh, perfect. awesome! <laughs> Let me know what you think when you when you hear it, and oh, if I you shall. want to talk about it on your show, uh, yeah. that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. it, it, it may like be in my catch up someday. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's yeah. your five dollars, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, it's PayPal work, Venmo work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, Good. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, and uh, obviously we I, we've already talked before. Matt and I will probably uh, end up being on on Spider Man Minute at some point. Um, mm-hmm. You're on the schedule. On. I, I know yep. what minutes you have. So, Ooh. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> we'll tell you. We'll tell you later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and for the listeners, uh, please uh, follow us at Savage Land Pod on Twitter, Savage Land Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we want to thank everyone again for all of our uh, Instagram followers there's a great weird influx of of people on our instagram page that have been uh very supportive of of everything we've posted and and really uh participatory uh we also want to thank in everybody who's been emailing us uh letters at savagelandpodcast.com uh whenever you send us a letter please let us know if it is okay to read on air um because otherwise we can't we can't share your your wonderful or terrible thoughts uh with <laughs> with the audience so we we got a really uh really nice email uh this week uh from a new listener that was uh that was great but didn't say okay awesome. to read on the air so i don't want to step out of bounds to, to do that uh, but if you are a new <laughs> listener to the show and uh you're curious about the rest of it want to go back just start at like episode 50 or something don't go from episode one that's a horrible thing don't do that to yourself um, <laughs> and uh, if you like what you've been hearing leave us a review or a rating on iTunes as you should do for any other podcast you listen to like uh, Spider-Man Minute or Back to the Future Minute or Geek by Night or Geek by Night yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah let's uh, l- enjoy all the things love your funny books and uh, support your comic book shops do pre-orders whatever the hell um, yeah. and, uh, and have yourself a good week yeah